0: Hey, this is Christian Golden. Welcome to our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message encourages you. I hope it builds you up. Enjoy the message. So this morning, I want to jump right in. Um, so turn in your Bibles to Ephesians 5, 15 through 21. And I know I, I posted that I was going to be talking about marriage, but I knew uh, I realized two days ago that not everybody's gonna be in here. And the, the message God gave me, I think is important for everybody, because I know we got the auction going on, so I postponed that. So what you're gonna see is another copy of what I've been posting, okay? So don't judge me. I, I got it together. I'm not lying to you. Next week, we're gonna talk about marriage. So if you don't want to get elbowed from your wife, husband, stay at home. <laughs> Okay, just saying. I'm just kidding. I don't think you should ever tell the congregations to stay home, right? So y'all come, get elbowed. So uh, turn into Ephesians 5 15 through 21. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. Mark that down redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God." Submitting to one another in the fear of God. So ver- Paul said in verse 15, to walk circumspectly. Um, to walk circumspectly. How many of you know exactly what that means? Because I absolutely did not. No? Okay. We got two, two hands that were raised. I had to go look it up. And <laughs> that's why it's important to slow down. That's why it's important to dissect the word a little bit and let it permeate in your soul just a little bit and meditate on some things, pray over some things. God will reveal some things to you if, you, if you're really searching for it. And, and one of the things that I realized, just kind of off subject, it's a wonderful thing to read the Bible through from cover to cover and check the box off as complete because I've done it but you also have to engage the word. That's one of my new phrases, engage the word. Let it be part of who you are. Let it be part of every circumstance. Let it be part of everything that comes out of your mouth. Engage with it, just like you would with the team when you're on the, on the t-ball, baseball field, and y'all are engaging together. Engage the word like that. Engage God and the Holy Spirit. It'll change your life. Amen. We just got to slow down. And one of the ways that I personally like to study God's word, and we'll get back to circumspectly in just a second, is a threefold process. And I think if, for all you that take notes, I want you to write these down. It's a threefold process. Number one, explanation. I ask God to explain to me what it means. A lot of the things that I read, I don't understand. And I read a verse in the Old Testament where it said, one woman said, hey, let's boil and eat your son today, and then tomorrow we'll boil and eat my son. And I thought, or kid, and I thought, oh, they're talking about a goat. Well, I went and did some research. No, they were really talking about people. And they were participating in some of the things they shouldn't have been participating of that time. And I thought, wow, it it helps to go and ask God to explain some things to you. Number two, application. I asked God, how does this apply to me? And a lot of times, um, how does this apply to me, God they just, the list can go on and on. I don't even want to get into it because I'm so far from where I need to be. And number three, illustration. Give me an example, Lord, in your word and in my life, how this ties together. And these are simple gospel study habits that we should all have them. Amen. That's explanation, application, and illustration. Now, back to what I was saying. The word circumspectly, it means to be cautious. It carries this idea that um, a slight hesitation. It's like when you're running through the woods and you see a bunch of leaves over a path. From all, If any of y'all were like me and y'all watched A-Team, you know if there was a bunch of leaves on the pathway, then there was a hole underneath it. Right? So when you're running through the woods, you kind of proceed with hesitation slight hesitation you kind of scope out your surroundings before you move forward and you look, and it, it means you're looking ahead that's what circumspectfully means it means to be prudently watchful prudently watchful always watching your step always careful for who you're talking to because you never know who's listening keeping your eyes open you can't run and for Christ with your eyes shut and it means to be discreet in the face of danger but it also carries the idea of looking around. Looking around at your surroundings, looking around at what's going on so you don't stumble. It means walking intelligently. Th- that word carries a lot of stuff with it. I didn't realize it until I looked it up. Maybe we should take some time and look it up. It means walking intelligently and not in ignorance. How many of us walk ignorantly sometimes? I do. I do. When I don't get my way sometimes, I want to take my toys and go home. Anybody else do that? Yeah, yeah I do. Or if I'm not catching all the fish I think I should catch, I want to go get a new fishing pole and just go home, throw my old one in the trash. No, no fishers in here. I know there's one right there. (laughs) You ever thrown your fishing poles out, (laughs) Chad? No. Um, So how foolish! How foolish is that? The blind leading the blind. If you don't know where you're going, that's where you're going to end up. Y'all remember somebody that used to be here saying that? If you don't know where you're going, that's where you're going to end up. Um, Can you hear what I'm saying? Am I making sense? How, how foolish would it be to stumble along through life and never seek to know the will of God? How foolish would that be? How sad it will be on that great and wonderful day when we're standing before Jesus, only to hear him say, depart from me, I never knew you. What a sad day that's going to be for so many people. Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5 it says, but know this that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And this is what I want you to pay attention to having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people turn away. You could also say from such people do not be yoked together with, amen, a form of godliness. We kind of know what what the Bible says because we go sit at church and we hear what the pastor's saying. How many of y'all go home and take what I'm saying and look it up? You should. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying you should. I used to sit on the front row. I still do, my same spot. And every message that Paul preached, I was typing notes. And I would go home, and I would look it up, and I would study it. Because I want to know that what my shepherd's teaching me is right in, in line with the Word of God. Just because I say something does, doesn't mean I'm right. And so, on the, the, I got him on one, one time. I got him. I got him. And I'm telling you, I was so excited. I mean... <laughs> If you know Paul, he doesn't make mistakes like that. And I was so excited. I finally, he's quoting the wrong scripture, and I'm going to get him. And so I said, Paul, you keep saying that Revelations 321 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That's not it, Pastor. That's not it. It's Revelations 320. And he said, Well, thanks, bud. And I thought we were going to have this divine, Oh, you're so smart, Tim. Thank you. (laughs) No, it was like, okay, thank you. I, I think it actually might have made him a little mad, but I did it privately. Just say so you no, know, I didn't blast him on Facebook. Amen. Anyways, just having fun this morning. Uh, we kind of know what God wants. We kind of know who Jesus is because people talk about it. But do you have that relationship with him? And I say it all the time. One of the greatest journeys we're ever going to take as Christians, as men and women in Christ, is from our, our mind to our heart. Because a lot of times we think we know what we're talking about. But when God gets a hold of your heart and he starts changing things and molding things and moving things, then you realize that you do have a relationship with Christ. And, so, and we deny the true power of Jesus. And that's why I woke up this morning saying there was power in the name of Jesus. And sometimes when we go through things, we don't even know what to pray about. We don't even know how to pray on certain situations because some of it sounds selfish. And I just say, there's power in your name. So all I'm going to do is just scream out Jesus. So I was just saying, Jesus, Jesus, there's power in your blood. There's power in your blood. And back to what I was saying. Instead of walking accurately, which is equivalent to circumspectly, we miss the mark. Have you ever missed a mark? I've missed a mark. Which mark are we missing, I guess would be the question. Which mark are we missing as Christians? Paul says in his letter to the Philippians, chapter 3, verse 14, that I press towards the goal which should also mean mark or target. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So what is the upward call of God in Christ Jesus? That means walking faithfully in the position that he called you for. That means walking faithfully in where he placed you. If God called you to be here at Light Christian Center, I got news for you, you can't leave. You cannot leave. If you're not supposed to be here, I got news for you, you can't stay. Amen? You may not agree with that, but I'm telling you, that's godly principles. We press toward the goal. So many of us are, are living life shooting from the hip. Y'all do that? I do that all the time. Especially when I don't like what's going on. The first thing I do is bah, I shoot from the hip. And unless you're Doc Holliday or Jason Bourne, you can't do that because you ain't going to hit nothing. Are we allowed to say Jason Bourne on Sunday? We're just having fun, guys. So many, so, so many of us miss the target because we can't see the target. Amen? Does that make sense? Because we're blinded by selfish ambitions. We're blinded by selfish ambitions, our needs before Christ's needs. Sometimes I put my needs that I want, my position, my desire, my title, my job, everything I put that I want before I put Christ. We're blinded because we're bitter. We get blinded because we're angry. We get blinded because we're focused on the problem and not the problem solver. And there are some, everybody has problems in here. But what do you focus on? What are you fix your, fixing your eyes on? And th- these come with them, they, they bring spirits with them, these problems. And they'll cause you to miss the target every single time. And so many of us miss the target because we don't even know what the target is. How many of you know exactly what you're aiming for as a Christian? If somebody came and said, Hey, what, what is your goal as a Christian? What target are you shooting for? What would you tell them? I had to ask myself that. Why am I doing what I'm doing? And it's a simple gospel to know him and make him known. There's many ways to do it. You don't have to know the Bible front to back. It would, it would help. But the goal, the things that we fight for, the things that we're pressing for, ultimately, at the end of the day, is the eternal life with Christ. And since we're all Christians and we've already attained that as believers, we're already saved. We know we're going to heaven. Our next position in our our walk with Christ is, how can I further advance your kingdom, God, and bring as many people as I can with me? Charles Spurgeon said, if people are determined to go to hell, let them go to hell over our pleading, begging bodies, begging them to get their lives right with Christ. We think that We miss the target because we don't know what the target is. We think position is a target. We spend all our time chasing the next position and forget to serve where we're at. I want you to pay attention. God is not going to move you into a new position in your walk with him until somebody comes along that could fill the void that's there when you're gone. Does that make sense? When David was anointed king, somebody went and took care of his sheep while he went to become king. God's not going to move you just to move you. So if you want to get a level up in your walk, if you want to level up in your position at church, you should be training somebody to take your place. Amen? We, think, uh, we also think title is a target. You can get people to call you whatever you want, but if the commitment don't follow the title, then all you have is a title that ain't worth the paper it's printed on. Title is not a goal. As a Christian, title is not a goal. We think that being the boss is the target. The only two positions that we should be focused on as Christians is our hands extended, lifting others up, and on our knees, praying for the ones we're pulling up. That's the only position and title we should be worried about. The only title we should care about is the one called servant. Mark nine thirty-five. Jesus said to the 12 disciples, if anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. Servant of all. How many of you are good servants? How many of you will, will see a piece of trash in the hallway and pick it up and throw it away or leave the trash and go find Benny to pick it up? I mean, it's happened. It happens. We do that. We're all servants. There's nothing wrong with picking up trash. There's nothing wrong with picking up trash. Ain't that right, Benny? You're the greatest of all of us in here today because of your servant, your heart. You truly are a servant for the Lord. The only boss we should be concerned about is the Holy Spirit. Because let me tell you something, church. If you're working at lifting others up, edifying them, if you're working at being a servant, you won't ever miss the mark. You won't ever miss the target because you're focused on what you're supposed to be focusing on. It's okay to reevaluate your life while you're serving the Lord. It's okay to question your motives. It's okay to say, Lord, you know, I think I should be doing this. I think I should change this, but should I, should I not? It's okay to have those. That doesn't make you any less of a Christian. It doesn't make you higher than anybody. It doesn't make you lower than anybody. It's okay to question your motives. David wrote in Psalms one thirty nine 3 through 24, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. I have turned this psalm into a personal prayer to the Lord every single morning because I know there's wrong motives in my heart. I know there's wrong attitudes when it comes to certain people in my heart that I don't want in there, because it's a hindrance. It stops me. It's a roadblock from fully experiencing the fullness of Christ. And I don't want it in me, and I want you to purge it out of me, God. Take it away. Put it on somebody else in the church. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Take it away from me, Lord. I pray this every single morning. I would rather God search me and correct me privately than to be exposed about it publicly. And that's the attitude that we should have with God when we're asking him to search us, but that's also the approach we should have when we approach somebody else who's caught up in something. Praise publicly, correct privately. Paul Golden taught me that, and so did my dad, Charlie Goodson. Sometimes we miss the road that God sends us down, amen, because we're not paying attention and I'm one of them guys. When I'm talking and I'm driving, I will pass the road up every time. I want y'all to know that I'm so committed and so loyal to your phone call that I'm focused on what y'all are saying and I miss the road. <laughs> Amen. I can't talk and drive at the same time because I focus so much on the conversation that I miss the road I'm supposed to turn on. But I'm also the guy who has to turn the radio down to see better. Anybody do that? Turn it down, I can't see. You millennials will never understand that, ever. I've got my mom smacked me upside the head one day because I had the radio so loud, and it was all because she couldn't see. And I was just with my lip quivering, thinking, How does this make you see better, mama? But it only took once. I didn't touch the radio anymore. Amen. Don't we get focused on the wrong thing sometimes? and we end up suffering on some detour that was never meant for us to be on, just because we're not focused on God, just because we're not taking the route that he wants us to take, God wants us to be wise. He wants us to understand his will for our lives. Amen? Verse 16. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. And this one I spent a lot of time on in study. Um, I didn't write a lot of notes, but I just really... Tried to hone in. What does redeeming the time mean? Um, don't waste your time. Don't waste your energy. Don't waste your money, and do not waste your talent that God has given you. I used to blaspheme the Holy Spirit when I was a teenager because I had this ability, and I'm going to say I'm going to I'm going to be vulnerable here for a minute. I had this ability that I could walk into any store in the mall and leave with y'all. Remember Jabo Pants? Or the silver tabs, and I could leave with bags full of clothes that I didn't pay for. So I was stealing them, and I and I used to tell people that God gave me that gift. And I'm going to tell you, it wasn't God that gave it to me, but I never met anybody who was better. I never got caught, by the way. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying. (laughs) Don't waste your talents. we waste time because everything we do outside of his will is wasting time. We won't ever get that time back. It's gone forever. And then we're left with this, this sinking feeling that I should have, I would have, I could have. When God calls you to move and to pray for somebody, do it. It's one thing I love about y'all. When I call and say, Hey, can you pray for me? It's instant. I don't get this praying that we get on Facebook, which I don't question if people really pray or if it's just a now it's just part of the norm. You know what I'm saying? Praying and okay, you know people know that I'm 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 paying attention, but are we really praying? When people talk, when I say I need prayer, I want it now. When you call me and say, "Please pray for me. Let's pray now." Now is the time. Don't wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow might be too late. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. But we waste time because everything we do outside of his will is wasting time. It's gone forever. And then we're left with that whole bad attitude. You know, I wish I would have done that. We also waste our money. And this is where it's hit me before because often it hits you in the pocketbook when you're outside of God's will, doing your own thing, doesn't it? So I was driving. Okay. I'm not saying I'm outside of God's will, but I was speeding. Okay. There's a speed limit for a reason. I was breaking the law yesterday. I was speeding. I was doing 82 and a 65 and I'm well, you know, that Suburban I got sometimes has a mind of its own. I can't help it. It just takes off, you know, but I'm flying down 2917. And then out of the corner of my eye, I see this little black blur, which happened to be a state trooper. So he whipped in front of me and I just thought, Oh God, here we go. And he punched the gas and went and got the guy in front of me. I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I was so happy. I drove 30 miles an hour all the way to town. And I said, okay, lesson learned. You made your point. Okay, that was a warning. Do y'all ever see the warnings that God's sending you? Yes. What are you doing about them? Pay attention. Don't, that would have been a waste of my money. Amen. Wait until you have to start doing without some things financially, and that'll get your attention real quick. Amen. We waste our talents because we spend most of our lives trying to be somebody we ain't. If we would just slow down and listen, God will point you in the right direction, but so many of us have settled for this cheap carbon copy of somebody else that we don't even know who we are anymore, and, and we, settled to be some, we want to live somebody else's life, and it's sad really, and it's usually late in life until you realize what God is wanting you to do, because we're so busy chasing our own selfish amb- ambition. And if we could ever get a hold of who God is molding us to be, amen. Verse 16 also says, because the days are evil. I'm trying to rush through this because they told me if I don't get you out of here at 1130, they're going to fire me as the pastor. Okay. But y'all can help me. Y'all can, y'all can put your foot down. How many of you would agree that the times we're living in seem to be getting more and more evil? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. What Paul is saying is here is that because the world is so evil, we have to be aware of the time that slips by us. Redeeming the time. I want to get this out and then we'll close. Redeeming the time means to buy it back, to regain possession of. When Jesus redeemed us, he bought us back from a a life of sin. What Paul is saying is to buy back your time, redeem it. We waste so much time on things that don't even matter. And I I did some research, and we're going to talk about one of the greatest time stealers in all America for just a minute. So bear with me. I'm going to give you a lot of numbers. Facebook is a time stealer. According to one poll, the average person uses Facebook one hour a day. That's just the average person, okay? Some of y'all don't ever get off. I'm just saying. Y'all don't ever get off. Your whole life is on Facebook. So let's just use the average person. One hour per day. That's seven hours per week. That's 28 hours per month, 336 hours a year. So in five years, church, that's 1,680 hours spent on, so on, on Facebook, not including all the other Twitter, the Snap, the Instagram. I use it too, but not... Anyways, that's 1,680 hours spent on social media. That's a long time. That is a long time. If you could stay awake and never sleep, it would take you 70 days straight to reach that number. 70 days straight to reach that number. And I want to give you one more poll. There's another poll that said it takes an average person about 80 hours to read the entire Bible. That means you could read the Bible... In 1,680 hours, give or take, you could read the Bible four times in one year. In a five-year time span, you could read the Bible 20 times. Think about that. Think about how much better your life would be from reading the Bible 20 times, cover to cover. I've done it about six. I should have done it more. Now let's put these two poles together. Can we do that? Let's put them on a set of scales if we weigh out the amount of time that we're spending on Facebook and that it takes to do the Bible, they're equal. Amen? The scales are balanced in the physical world. But if we weigh out the spiritual growth of both of these, Facebook on one side, the Bible on the other, the scales tip. Y'all following me? You get my point. In the same amount of time, it takes you to become up-to-date on who's at the gym, who's eating another salad, who's going on vacation. Those are fun things. I post a lot of stuff so my dad in uh, Virginia can see my kids because he's only seen them once in his whole life. And so I post stuff, and then I get off. So if I don't hit like on any of your posts, don't think I'm boycotting you. I just don't spend time on it. I say what I got to say, and I hop off. Amen? but it's the same amount of time it takes you to become up to date on who's doing what you could be working towards becoming one of the most powerful Christians and soul winners for the kingdom of God. Priorities. Facebook is a time stealer. Don't spend all your time doing it. Getting fed by the world. Take some time and get fed with the word. Amen. Hey, this is Christian Golden. I wanted to thank you so much for joining us today and listening to our podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, I'd like to ask you to do a couple things for us. The first is to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date with everything going on here at LCC. Also, you can help us reach others around the world by investing today at lightchristiancenter.com give. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you and have a great day.